2: Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Why, hello there, happy
1: stinking Monday, six minutes after nine on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. Happy Alamo Day, as it were. The Alamo fell on this day, and we uh, remember the Alamo. I, I, um, you know, I'm I, going to start off with CPAC and Trump, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you caught this. It was on Saturday afternoon, he, he gave the final speech. CPAC's cool. I mean, I don't, it's not something that I n- normally sit and watch all the coverage. I tend to pick, uh, pick up the chunky bits and the highlights, the big pieces. But we happen to be uh, hanging out at the house. We stayed pretty close to the, to, to the homestead this weekend. And I'm sitting there and the TV's on. I put it on Fox. And there's Trump. He, just, he had just started speaking. I can't remember the time of the day it was, but he had just started. It was maybe it was five, four or five. I don't know, five o'clock maybe. Final speech at CPAC. He's he's the headliner, obviously. He's the 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 big shot, and he starts talking. And before, and it was great. First and foremost, I mean, he was he's very Trumpian in that first hour. Uh, the line that stuck with me from Trump's speech at CPAC in Maryland. Uh, was, I will be your retribution. Basically, he was saying, we got to fix this company, we gotta country. we got to save this country. These are horrible people. I'm the guy that can do it. You know I'm the guy that can do it. Let me be your voice. Let me be your retribution. I'm paraphrasing, but he did use the word rep, uh, uh, retribution, which I thought was interesting. It, it was the first hour. Yeah, it, and they started wrapping it up, and people were getting whipped up into a frenzy going to make America great again, going to save America. It was great. And then he went on for another hour. And it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm sitting there with my wife. We're watching, yeah, Trump's back. He's kicking ass. Uh, and, and numerically, he's, and statistically, he's head and shoulders above everybody else, including DeSantis. Now, we're very, it's very early on. Don't You know, We, we people are just now starting to announce. But DeSantis is the only one that has double-digit numbers behind Trump. And DeSantis is far behind Trump by, like, 20 points, I think. Nikki Haley and the rest, all the others, Swamalama Ding Dong or whatever his name is, who's actually a pretty cool guy, the business guy, the anti-woke guy. He and Nikki are both in single digits. I want to bring this up. I'm writing a book of haiku right now. I love writing haiku. It's kind of a low-maintenance writing project. You know, you got three lines 17 syllables it's you know and in that in those three lines not 17 syllables you have to say pretty much everything you want to say so for me haiku is a very centering thing to work on because you 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 can't just ramble as long as you want in a freaking poem i mean these days you go to a slam poetry thing and somebody's going to read a poem that's 30 pages long it's horrible and haiku kind of forces you to choose your words very carefully and and use the words that have the most impact in in saying what you're trying to say. Trump needs to write some haiku. need to get Trump writing a haiku. Because the first hour, and I'm talking the first hour of the speech was great. And I'm howling and screaming and clapping, and my wife's having a great time. I'm like, he's going to get it. He's going to get back in there. Or, or to paraphrase Kamala Harris, he gonna get his big white ass back in that Oval Office. You just wait and watch, man. You just see what's gonna happen. But then again, he kept talking, and it. <laughs> and the second hour of the speech, he drifted into slights that he felt wounded over, or that he was still pissed off about in the election. And all the stuff that people did to him, tried to do to him while he was in office, and it just went on. It went on for another, I think, hour and ten minutes. All right. Trump's speech was literally longer than your average Marvel flick. Okay, and those things go on forever. It was just wait. It was just stop at an hour. I I believe he. I I'm, I'm gonna call. I'm not gonna call it. I, it's real early to make predictions. I think Trump's going to get. I think Trump's going to get back in. I think he's got a great cabinet. He's got, if he did the Biden thing and the people that all the people that run against him in the primary season just find him a place in the cabinet, they'll actually, unlike Buttigieg, they'll actually do the gig. You know. But he, I, I, the first hour of that speech, I just felt like, oh baby, he's coming back and he's going to fix all this crap for us. He's gonna make it back. He's gonna kick some ass. He's gonna tighten up that border again. He's gonna start renegotiating all our freaking crummy ass deals internationally. He's gonna pull us out of those deals that Biden put us back in to and uh, are screwing us over. He's, you know, he's he's the man. He's Trump. But again, and then he went on for another hour. <laughs> you know, just learn, dude. You got to learn when to leave the stage. Trey and I were talking about that. You got to know when it's enough. And and the thing about Trump is he doesn't owe anybody anything. He's the boss. Uh, everybody works for him, right? Very few people, I think, are going to say, "Sir, maybe uh, after the first hour, you you really had people whipped up into a you should have maybe just maybe just bowed out at that point after the first hour." But he went on for another hour and ten minutes. So anyway, that was see back over the weekend. Uh the only other big story really uh this thing in Atlanta with this uh training center which cost the city of Atlanta 90 million dollars. Let me tell you why do we need either Trump back in the Oval Office or DeSantis look uh to Atlanta, Georgia yesterday and understand But at some point, first off, that's what a third world asshole looks like. People lobbing Molotov cocktails at a police facility. And at cops, by the way. And also, not only is that what a third world asshole looks like, in due time, if we continue on the course that we're on, every city in America is going to look like Atlanta, Georgia yesterday you know that's that's anarchy that's and uh and and trey and i were talking about this and and we're both i I think spot on in that the people who populate antifa are caucasian well-to-do schmucks they're not even from we we, i was hearing this morning or last night before i went to bed that a lot of these antifa punks in atlanta yesterday weren't even from atlanta they're bust in from someplace else But that you you want to see the agenda of the left? You want to see what San Antonio is going to look like uh, very very shortly if these char if this charter bullcrap goes through. With oh, you can steal damn near eight hundred bucks. It's okay. We're going to have a, a a justice director overseeing law enforcement in San Antonio. All right, look at the video from uh, from Atlanta yesterday. If that if you want that here in San Antonio, then by all means support this charter nonsense. Support the idea that you can steal up to 750 bucks in San Antonio, nothing's going to happen to you. You know, support the idea that somebody can spray paint, you know, the F-bomb all over your freaking building and all over your freaking business, and as long as it's under $1,200 worth of damage, it's okay. Look at Atlanta yesterday. That's what this city's going to look like. This city already looks like hell when you drive around. There's garbage and crap everywhere. We're seeing an uptick in violent crime in this city, and guys like Nuren puke they want to bring that they want to bring what you saw in Atlanta, Georgia, and what you see in Portland and what you see in 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 uh, austin and in all these other new york city they, they, nuremberg nurn puke and the other jerks on the city council this is what they want they want to bring it here you know why. Well, unless you're a true believer like Rosie Castro and you actually freaking hate this city and you actually freaking hate the Alamo, for the rest of them, it's, man, they're just polishing their political resumes. Look what I did in San Antonio. I fought racist cops in San Antonio. So, yeah, yeah, it's disturbing as hell what we saw going on with this facility. Uh, you know, its it was meant, the original intent was to boost morale amongst the cops and people who want to be cops. Uh, Because uh, Atlanta, uh, as far as uh, copping, has uh, not been a fun town since George Floyd. And uh, the Anova punks didn't like it, didn't like its existence. They've been protesting it, so they burned it down, man. Because that's really... That's the overall goal. You understand that, right? Burn it all down. Burn the mf down. How often do you hear that these days? From the left. 210 599 Happy Monday. 210 599 Nothing like a great, you know, uh, story about anarchy in America to, to uh, perk you up on a Monday. 210 599 It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The Sean Rymer Show. This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Chris Rock made the news over the weekend, uh, premiered his new Netflix uh, comedy special, Selected Outrage, or Selective Outrage, I think that's what it's called. I didn't see it. We we uh we got our uh our, our cable box and all that stuff rebooted uh about a week ago and I've yet to reconnect my Netflix in the bedroom so I didn't watch it cuz I'm lazy. But we watched uh you know we watched some uh, some highlights and Chris Rock he he just don't care, man. First off getting smacked by Will Smith was probably the best thing that happened to his career. Half his Act is about that uh, one way or the other. But then he also got into racism in America and what's racism and what's not racism. And he was going off on Harry and Meghan uh, complaining about how the British royals, you know, were concerned about them having a brown baby. And they wanted to know how brown the baby's going to be. And Chris Rock said, that ain't racist. Black people do that, too. Black people may guess to me. I'm paraphrasing, but he did it in a much more amusing, a much more amusing way. He said black people do the same thing. I want to know how brown that baby's going to be because it means something inside the community. So he said, we actually check behind the ears. <laughs> but uh, Chris Rock is being funny, okay. But I didn't hear this story. I was driving in this morning. I heard Trey talking about this. Uh, at Nevada State College, you have a tenured idiot named Erica Abad. Erica Abad at Nevada State University. Nevada State College, rather. And she does a series of videos on colorism. Not, this is, I guess this is more racist than racism, right? You move from racism into colorism. Which is described, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, as the prejudice or discrimination, especially within a racial or ethnic group, favoring people with lighter skin over those, those with darker skin. So she's, first off, she's validating what Chris Rock was saying. But she takes it further. She says specific food and specific aromas are racialized. Even the cologne you wear hints at, quote, otherness or assimilation in ways that complement a colorist aesthetic. So if you're a black person, if you're a black dude, I'm, I'm assuming, if you're a black dude and you splash yourself up with your car, you're probably being a colorist. You're trying to be white. If you're spraying yourself with, uh, you know, uh, Axe body spray, uh, according to this chick, you're trying to be white. She even says that as far as black people trying to be white, this is what her premise is, that black people are trying to be more white by how they eat their chicken and the level of salt in the food. Because I guess, let me see if I got this straight, white people apparently use a lot of salt because salt's white, like my white ass is white. I want more white on my food. That's why I put salt on it, because salt's white, like me. And apparently white people eat their fried chicken with a knife and a fork. And so if you see a black dude eating, how is none of this racist? How is this not some of the most racist crap? How you eat your fried chicken now determines whether or not you're, you're engaging in otherism. How you eat your chicken. I know this may shock you, but I've been a Caucasian most of my life. And I can honestly tell you that I've I've yet to see a white person eating their fried chicken with a knife and fork. White people, your average honky, dives into his churches just like you do with both hands, getting all greasy in the fingers. Now, I will on occasion... Um, Eat uh, a taco. If a taco is messy, uh, sometimes I will, if I get one of them big uh, Jalisco tacos uh, that cool little place down the street. Uh, and Don Morgan, I don't know if you're, you're, you're the same. He's a vegan, so I can't really talk to him. He, he Obviously, he's eating a salad with a knife and a fork. Occasionally, I will eat a taco with a knife and a fork. Does that mean I hate Mexicans? Does that mean I hate hispanic types? Could I be engaged in colorism and otherism? because do I secretly resent my wife for being Hispanic because sometimes I will sit at the breakfast island in our kitchen and eat a taco with a knife and a fork? Things must be going well racially if you got to start looking at people wearing, you know, Axe body spray as an act of racism. I would say it's an act of pollution, but that's a different story. (laughs) But how you eat your fried chicken now determines your your racism, how you eat your fried chicken.
3: That is what we like to call in the business a stretch, <laughs> just a, it's a bit of a stretch going on there.
1: That's just a it's smi- just a yeah. bit of an intellectual walk you're taking there. You know, it kind of reminds your, your me. Your racism is implicit in how you eat fried chicken.
3: It reminds me of back in the in the late seventies and early eighties when every every pop record, if you played it backwards, had some message from satan on it you know right. listen to what lionel richie says when you play him backwards it's kind of the same thing <laughs> right right chick yeah.
1: still left his ass he's still sad about it right sometimes i'll eat my fried chicken backward backwards and that's yeah. uh that's you know that's that's my way of saying hail you know, satan you can find you can find something
3: underhanded we, what, and, and yes. mean-spirited in everything you do if you yes. look hard enough yes you can most of the time it's a dramatic stretch like in this
1: instance what this is how you eat your fry if you're sitting around these only people with tenure sit on their asses and come up with this stuff Do you know what i mean only people who are really not worried about their freaking job in academia sit around on their on their butts and come up with this nonsensical crap Mm -hmm. if i see a white man eating fried chicken i go in the opposite direction because that's racist probably eats it with a damn butter knife You know, I mean, how do you come up with that crap? Anyway. (laughs) I'm going to go to a KFC or a church and just start screaming, y'all are a bunch of racists eating your fried chicken the way you eat it. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Info at your
2: beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA.
1: Yeah, and we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean Hyde. Hope you had a great weekend. It was beautiful weather, and uh, it's Monday. And I, I, one of the things that, uh, you know, really kind of uh, made my teeth itch. <laughs> I was so annoyed. My teeth were itching. Pete Buttigieg just needs to shut the hell up at this point, dude. Just be quiet. Pete Buttigieg, I didn't see the actual interview, but I saw the highlights. Uh, he's interviewed by CNN, uh, and he's you know he's being asked you know about the derailments, sort of. Well, it's CNN, so they're kind of kissing his fanny just a you know smidge. But a couple of questions were brought up, and uh, they brought up uh, uh, the criticism that he's received for not responding to Palestine, Ohio very quickly. He didn't physically go out there for weeks. And in fact, he didn't go out there until after Donald Trump went. And uh, you know, he goes he he does what any good liberal idiot does when he's, you know, in a in a corner and, and can't really explain himself actually. He goes after uh the MAGA hat wearers and the Republicans. It's really rich to see some of these folks, he says. Who, uh, and he's talking about Trump and he's talking about Tucker Carlson, <clears throat> who are, quote, literally lifelong carrying members of the East Coast elite, whose top economic policy priority has always been tax cuts for the wealthy. We're talking about environmental disasters and, and train derailments, dude. Tax cuts for the wealthy. God, isn't that getting tired? And then he says, and who who wouldn't know their way around a TJ Maxx if their life depended on it? Oh, stop. God, can he be any more gay? Can that guy? He actually said Tucker Carlson wouldn't know the difference between a TJ Maxx and a Coles. Dude, you're so gay. That is such a gay man thing to say, isn't it? Bet you shop at the Dollar Tree, don't you? You know? He is so gay. Uh, and then uh, he says, uh, presenting themselves as if they genuinely care about the forgotten middle of the country. When asked uh, if he only, the only reason he went out to Palestine was because Trump was out there, he says, that's bull blank. We were already going to go, but we had to hit the TJ Maxx on the way there. I wanted to get some plastic bags for my Bruno Molly's. said that, uh, again, repeated the lie, uh, which we now absolutely know is a lie, that uh, it's, quote, somewhat maddening, according to Pete Buttigieg, your transportation secretary, that Trump would visit East Palestine after easing environmental and rail regulations during his time in the White House and then quote show up giving bottled wa- giving out bottled water and campaign swag. Oh, sit down, man. He brought water and cleaning supplies. He did what you didn't do. And uh, you know, th- this business that somehow the Republicans have forgotten the middle of the country. Oh, ple- you're now it's really rich to hear a guy like Pete Buttigieg, who who the only reason he has that gig at all is because he's freaking gay and everybody knows it. The man has no expertise or working knowledge of things, transportation at all. <laughs> he's not, wh- what? Because he was a mayor? He got the job because he's gay and, uh, and, and the Biden people, wh- whoever is actually running the country... Because Biden, I'm sure, hates gay people like he hates black people. But, you know, you got to check all the boxes. And this was, remember, this was a guy who just a handful, maybe a week ago or a week and a half ago, was out there saying, "Ah, what's such a big deal about train derailments? They happen all the time. Remember that? No, it's not a big deal. The news are just focusing on this one. I don't really sit awake at night thinking about Pete Buttigieg, to be honest with you. But he is indicative of of the left agenda in this country right now, which is currently destroying this country. Okay, it it doesn't because it look, here is a guy who has a job. He was he's got he was appointed to a job. We have uh, train derailments. We had another one last night. We have train derailments almost on a daily basis or a weekly basis in this country. Over 1,000 or up to 1,000, I think, this year alone. 1,000 train derailments. You have one trail derail in Palestine, Ohio, and the company decides to blow it up. And you've essentially poisoned a town now for generations to come. And this dude didn't even mention that it had happened until it became a national news story because a journalist got roughed up when the governor was out there talking about it. And he's trying to uh, you know, cover his own sins with this bullcrap. I wish I could use the word he used, this bullcrap about, oh, elitists on the East Coast in the Republican Party who don't know their way around a T.J. Maxx. But he's not an elitist <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. No, of course not. 210-599-5555, 210 5555 But that, again, Kamala Harris has no real-world uh, expertise to do what she's doing, whatever the hell it is she's doing, but she checks a box. The press secretary, jean Karine Clouseau, or whatever the hell her name is, She's probably the worst press secretary this country has ever had, but she's a black lesbian. Pete, people would stop getting on your case about Palestine, Ohio, so much if you would start identifying not as a as a gay white man, but as a black lesbian. I think that might uh, blunt some of that criticism you're getting right now. Then you can shop at TJ Maxx all you want. <laughs>
2: The latest news, traffic, and weather are minutes away at the top of the hour. As you will learn next, that is what's happening. On News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM
1: 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Had a pretty pretty good weekend. We were going to go see the Jesus Revolution on on uh, Saturday. My wife is going to take me. We're going to do a date night or a date lunch, I guess you'd say. But we ended up, my mom was not feeling well, so we ended up not going. But I did finish the book. The book is excellent by Greg Laurie and some other chick. <laughs> uh, so I, hopefully I'll have a review on that in a couple days. But something something is going on. you know, I, I've been wearing overalls for about a week now. Two weeks. I started wearing, I, I got a pair of overalls. And I wear them because I got some scarring down by my, well, down there where the waistband normally would go, and so I've been wearing the the, the overalls because it's just more comfortable and my scarring doesn't get irritated. Uh, But you know what's fascinating? I'm going to bring James and Don in on this. I don't know if Don... uh, It's amazing what strong opinions people have on overalls. People have strong opinions on whether a person should wear overalls or not. And they express these to you at any given moment. Well, they do. Right. I love them. I, they're great. They're comfortable as hell. I think my wife's getting used to the idea. She said she was going to buy me a new pair. So I just don't have one. I got, you know, another pair of overalls.
0: Maybe a little more faded denim. Like I think really she's
1: going to go with a darker. These are really brand new. I got these at Walmart. Yeah. She wants to get some darker. Point being, people have some. I got a guy. I posted a selfie earlier today of it's Monday, and I hate Mondays. <laughs> I saw that. I'm just like, eh, Monday. So I kind of crossed my eyes and took a picture, you know. And some dude named Manuel, Manuel? 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 He just posts, I hate overalls. <laughs> the post wasn't about my freaking overalls. The right. post is about it's Monday and I hate Mondays and I feel like I'm tired. And I want to go back to bed. I hate overalls. So I replied, well, then you shouldn't wear them. Sound I mean, ad- what do you want me to say, dude? Sound advice, Sean. Yeah, I think if, if you it, don't like them, don't wear if them. If you hate overalls, don't wear them. Right. And then the guy responds, I don't and never have worn them. And I'm like, oh, that's good, man. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> okay. Social media is, 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 is just destroying the human brain. It, it really is. It's a, it's a rot. It's destroying us all. Why do I care what this guy thinks about overalls? Why does he care that I wear them? Yeah. It's, it's like he's making a stand. I don't, and I never have worn them. I will never wear overalls. I'm like, what, what, the, what the hell do I care? And what do you care if I wear them? If, I mean, I just, you know, everything has to be an issue
3: on social media. Man. If he even knew you. Right, <laughs> because the first time I saw you walk in with your overalls, right? You know what went through my head? What? That's the most Sean Rhyma thing ever. <laughs> it made sense when I yes. saw it too, right? If there were ever a garment created <laughs> specifically for, me, for you, it would be overalls. The overalls,
1: right? Yeah. It's easy. I don't have to deal with the underwear thing anymore. Nothing you ever hangs did before. While well, I made a conscious effort, I care about my coworkers and my marriage. Yeah. But I don't wear them now. What the hell do I wear? I don't need them. So overalls is a problem solver for you. It is. I got no irritation at my scarring. It hangs off you. It just hangs off you. You don't need a belt. (laughs) Don't need underwear. I just hang them on the back of the bathroom door and in the morning. Here's what I do, because I'm still wearing a brace. Just because I know you're interested, I'm still wearing a brace where the hernia thing was. Right. So the night before I go to sleep, this will make Manuel very happy. I find the shirt I want to wear the next day, and I put it on. Then I put my brace on, put on some stretchy pants, and go to bed. The next morning when I get my happy ass up, all I got to do is drop the uh, stretchy pants and slip on the overalls, and I'm good to go to work. But Manuel, I hate
0: them. We sh- I hate overalls. You should check with Manuel before I buy you suspenders. What if he hates suspenders? Manuel, how do
1: you feel about suspenders? Because my, uh, you know, uh, James is considering buying me suspenders. Do you hate those, too, or can I get away with those?
0: Yeah, we can't have Manuel upset.
1: I hate overalls pair of overalls did this guy wrong at some point man i'm just saying somebody burned this guy wearing overalls the dude that stole his chick wore yeah, overalls, overalls. Hey, farmer brown. brown farmer bucky must have stolen <laughs> this guy's bucky. farmer woman. bucky
3: rolled up in a pair of big smith overalls <laughs> one
1: day and- well i mean
3: who posted? Like, i hate overalls okay we'll go uh,
1: organize a march Against overalls, man. Well, here's the question I asked. Go burn a denim store down. I'm kidding. Don't do that. I
3: have just one question.
1: Yes. Who asked him? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody asked him, but he thought about overalls. Nobody asked you. The point of the (laughs) selfie isn't my freaking garments. It's the fact that I'm crossing my eyes. Right. But he picked up on the fact that you're wearing overalls. I hate overalls. You can just imagine. I wonder if he's ever said that to somebody like in a Clint Eastwood voice. I hate overalls. I don't never have worn them. Go ahead, make my day. Buy me some freaking overalls. See what happens to you. You know it's like Jesus, dude. Right.
3: Let's see him say that. It's some freaking garment, man. Let's see him say that to the face of some big old farm boy from Kennedy, Texas. I heard you don't like overalls. Yeah, uh, I'm fixing to lay a beat down on your ass, the size of which you've never seen, man. You, you know what, Manuel? <laughs> I'm
1: wearing overalls, and you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> I think we're going to party. <laughs> You ever see Deliverance, buddy? You know, it's like, dude. <laughs> you are <a> pretty mouth. <laughs> you <sicko. laughs> I'm just saying, the guy. It's like, okay, dude. You don't like overalls. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cross a line by taking a picture with my overalls in sight. But it's social media. Social yeah. media is
0: ruining Every, us all. Everybody, has, really
1: a, everybody has a voice now. It really is. It's ruining
0: us all, man. Right. In other news, you have an open friend slot.
1: <laughs> no, he's not even my friend. Oh, oh, I don't there? even know the guy. I got a public... Well, I don't, it's all public, so anybody can comment on stuff. Jeez. So he's just, he's just some guy out there in the darkness. The possibly girl. still living with his mom. Hates overalls. And he hates overalls. Maybe that's why he hates them. Want to make sure that I knew that he hates overalls.
3: My mother made me wear Oshkosh by gosh overalls until My I was My mother made me wear Oshkosh <laughs> until I was 22.
1: <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. I used to have nightmares about Mr. Green Jeans. I'm so triggered. Okay, whatever, dude. Whatever. Okay, don't wear them. That's cool. Is it okay if I wear them? Do you Do you mind? They may show up on the odds in the odd selfie. Mm-hmm. Next hour we'll also talk about how a San Antonio native ended up on naked and afraid. She wasn't wearing any yeah, overalls or anything any overall, at all, was she? Uh, nope. That's coming up next hour, because it's a big old news day. San Antonio you think the Alamo's a big deal today. San Antonio native goes to naked and afraid, man. And it's not even Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> Because for 10 days, being naked and afraid don't mean nothing in San Antonio. Okay? Yeah, right. Just saying. 210 599 5555. 210 599 People are calling me up on this crap. We'll yeah, talk. We'll have
0: to talk to them now. We'll the talk to
1: them next hour. Yes. We'll be right back. Sean Ryma, 9 till 11.
2: News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're
1: back. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of movements going on in the country right now that I'm picking up on that I think are very positive. One is the Christian revival by a lot of young people on a lot of college campuses across the country, which I think is great. Watching young people, especially young people, because you know what, I'd kind of written them off. I'll be honest with you. As far as young people in faith, I, I just, you know, I just don't care. I don't know any young people who are into into religion or Christianity. But apparently, I was wrong, and that makes me hopeful. You're seeing more and more of these revival type services, marathon services popping up, uh, even here in Texas. I think at A uh, and M, Texas A and M, they had one of these with these. Uh, These prayer services that go on for a week or two. And that's good. I'm really happy. We need it. There's also another movement that's maybe a little more subtle, maybe not so subtle, but if you're paying attention, you can see it growing. And that's the the increase in voices, most of them comedians who are saying, you know what, blank you, I'm not apologizing for anything, I'm not going to temper my routine, So you don't get upset or triggered. And as far as free speech in America, the comedians, especially in America, there were comedians before we came along or people who thought they were funny. But the the idea of the stand-up comic is really something very, very American, I believe. Because, well, frankly, in most other countries around the world, you wouldn't be allowed to do what our comedians do on stage. And say the kinds of things you they say. It's a very American idea to just get on a stage and speak your truth and have it be funny. In fact, that's a hell of a trick. <laughs> As somebody who's been trying to be funny for most of my life, you know, to be funny and truthful at the same time. First off, uh, truth is extremely funny. Uh, <laughs> the truth is actually funnier than any any weird crap you could possibly make up. And uh, and secondly, uh, you know, it's, it's the comedians are really the final line of defense in the war to protect free speech, the, the fight for free speech. Uh, because comedians in this country, at least at one point, wield a lot of influence, and they should. There are philosophers, there are modern day uh you know it, it, being a poet in in antiquity, you were kind of more of like a stand up comedian right It was all oral you 'd stand in front of a bunch of people and 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 riff off your poems from memory and very often they said very scathing and satirical things and that's our our comedians have carried on that tradition at least they 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 for the most part have uh a- until they started getting attacked. And Chris Rock is probably probably the most famous example where somebody didn't like some comedian something some comedian was saying. In this case, Will Smith, and got up and decked the guy. And Chris Rock, it, it, like Dave Chappelle before him, like Adam Carolla, like uh, uh, some other comedians, even John Stewart and Bill Maher. Uh, are coming out on the side of truth and are coming out in defense of free speech. And Chris Rock was all about that over the weekend. He, uh, his Netflix uh, comedy concert was aired. It's called Selective Outrage. I didn't see it. i got to reconnect my Netflix, but I want to watch it. I watched some video excerpts, and he's a badass. And I've never even followed Chris Rock all that much. First off, uh, he's talking about uh, you know getting smacked by Will Smith, and he says, anybody that says words hurt... Has never been punched in the face. Words hurt when you write them on a brick. (laughs) It's a beautiful line. It's poetry. He says he's sick of selective outrage. He says people who express selective outrage are full of crap. MFers typing out woke-ass tweets on a phone made by child slaves. (laughs) not only is everybody full of s every business is full of s this is funny he says i was in the mall the other day I, and i can't stand this this also drives me nuts i was in the mall the other day i went by the store of lululemon. am i saying that correctly
0: i have no idea what it is they sell lulus i think it's lululemon Lemon, but Lemon sounds very fancy it does i was giving it a
1: fancy twist <clears throat> i don't even know what the hell they sell i guess they sell yoga pants He says, I walk by this store, I walk by, and in the window of every Lululemon, there's a sign that says, we don't support racism, sexism, discrimination, or hate. Chris Rock says, I'm like, who gives a blank? You're just selling yoga pants. I don't need your yoga pants politics. That's a great line. That's something we need to, that line, yoga pants politics. That's what the Karen crap is. That's what the the woke crap is. Yoga pants politics. God bless you, Chris Rock. That's brilliant. Uh, and then he goes off at Harry and Meghan and their contrived notion of racism and... Uh, he's talking about race. He says, that's not racist. He says, uh, Oprah says they're so racist because they wanted to know how brown the baby was going to be. He says, that's not racist. Even black people want to know how brown the baby's going to (laughs) be. He goes off on Meghan Markle. He says, I know her dilemma. Black girl trying to be accepted by her white in-laws. It's hard, very hard. But he said, it's not as hard as a white girl trying to be accepted by her black in-laws. Now that S is really hard. She says, if you if you're black and you wanted to be accepted by your white in-laws, then you need to marry a Kardashian because they accept anybody <laughs> or accept everybody. <laughs> he's, he's Chris Rock, man. Did you know he's 58 freaking years of age? Yoga pants politics. You know what? I think we've all, because I can't stand that. If I'm going to your store, it's to buy whatever crap your store sells, right? If I'm paying you money for a service, I am paying for whatever the service is that you offer. I I'm like Chris Rock, I don't care what your politics are. But some people do. For some people that means a whole just putting a freaking sign up. We're against hate. But what does that mean? What does that actually mean? As far as yoga pants, uh, I'm going to say this, and uh, I'm going to take this story local. And I don't know, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week or not. I think I might have mentioned it in passing. But if you want to see a lot of yoga pants, Don Morgan, do you like yoga? you seeing chicks in yoga pants? I'm just saying, if you like seeing, I know we're married, but, you know, come on, we're men. Men, look. I'm just saying, if you want to see a lot of women wearing a lot of yoga pants... Don't go to the my don't go to my H E B on New Gilbo. Why is that? Because you'll see people in their working clothes, you'll see people in denim jeans, you'll see people in overalls. Mm-hmm. You go to the fancy H E B at the end of Bandera at Bandera in sixteen oh four. You know the one where they have the jewelry store? Right. And you can buy a patio. Okay, you can buy sushi, and if you want a patio, you can buy a patio. There must be like a dress code because you see every female in that fancy H-E-B is wearing yoga pants. And they're largely Caucasian chicks. If you want to see a lot of white chicks in yoga pants, go to the H-E-B at Bandera and 1604. I'm serious. Do you think perhaps they're either
3: going to or coming from a yoga class? No, I I
1: think they just wear yoga pants as a matter of course.
3: Kind of why you wear overalls.
1: just because. I don't know if they're trying to avoid chafing like I am. It seems to me yoga pants would have the opposite effect mm-hmm. because usually they're too tight. Right. I'm just saying, I don't know what it is about white chicks in yoga pants, but you will see miles of yoga pants at the fancy-schmancy H-E-B at 1604 in Bandera. But I don't have a problem with it personally. I don't either. Uh, but I, I have whenever, to be careful. Whatever you're comfortable in. Well, as long as I wear my sunglasses into the fancy H-E-B so my wife doesn't see the eyes moving around. I'm just saying. Yeah, did you like to sneak a peek? I know I would never do that. I'm just saying, there's a lot of white chicks in yoga pants at that particular HEB, and, you, and, and you they're probably this? largely Democrats, right? Mm. I think they're pro. I think that HEB at 1604 in Bandera is really a liberal enclave. It really is of of liberal chicks from Helotus in 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 yoga pants. They all vote Democrat. And uh, and they buy their patios and jewelry at the HEB, and I'm just saying... And
3: you notice this not so much because if you're concerned about the social aspects of it all.
1: I'm just saying, as, a, as an unbiased observer, mm-hmm. at that particular HEB, you will see a lot of high-maintenance white chicks wearing yoga pants. That's all. I'm not trying to be mean or insulting. I'm just saying, yoga pants as far as the eye can see. You go to my HEB, you don't see any yoga pants. You'd be happy they're wearing pants, you know? Because I've seen some things. (laughs) I have memories, bad memories. But I love my neighborhood H-E-B. There's not not a lot of yoga pants action going on there.
3: Yeah. Thank thank goodness for that.
1: Because nobody likes yoga pants politics. It's time to bring an end to yoga pants politics. And I'm saying, I'm just saying, you know, uh, conservative chicks tend to wear denim. Okay? They just tend to wear denim. Whereas... Democrat chicks, liberal chicks tend to wear the yoga pants and they tend to tell themselves that they rock it. I'm just saying, <laughs> we're just saying you don't, you don't, you're not rocking the yoga pants. Okay. Two one zero five nine Oh man. My wife puts on yoga pants. She makes them look good. She defies the laws of physics, but you white chicks. Okay. Two one zero five. I'm thinking of wearing
3: yoga <laughs> pants myself from now on.
1: You you want Trey to shoot you when you come in?
3: Well, it's a fear I have every morning anyway. Well, if you're wearing yoga pants, he might not realize
1: it's you. Right. Might think it's that guy who steals everybody's luggage (laughs) (laughs) and plug you. All right. (laughs) I thought I was going to take my bag. I shot him. I didn't know it was Don Morgan wearing yoga pants. (laughs) What the hell am I talking about? 210 599 Hi, this is Trey Ware, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
2: Stay connected.
1: And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. We're talking about comedians, but uh, we're seeing more actors and celebrity types who are... Uh, digging their heels in. Isaiah Washington is the latest, and I've I don't I, I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, so I don't know uh, much about him. Uh, he was on Grey's Anatomy for three seasons. He played Dr. Preston Burke. I love medical shows, so it's weird that I never watched that one, but I, I think I was partying too much at that time. I'm <laughs> just being honest. I didn't watch a lot of TV. But Isaiah Washington apparently is a pretty conservative guy. Which I didn't know. Uh, and let's see. He makes an announcement in a tweet, and it gets picked up by the uh, by the papers. Uh, it is with a heavy heart and a sense of relief that I'm announcing my early retirement from the entertainment industry today. Those who have been following my journey here on Twitter. <laughs> he spelled it differently, but I can't say it on the radio. He spelled Twitter with an A. <laughs> I think we can all. Can you see it in your head? Uh, Since 2011, and all know that I have fought the good fight, but it seems uh, that the haters, provocateurs, and the useful idiots have won. I'm no longer interested in the back and forth regarding a, quote, color construct that keeps us human beings divided, nor am I interested in politics or anything vitriolic. I will be traveling this great country before it falls into socialism and then communism. Until then, know that this Frederick Douglass conservative. Ooh, ouch. Until then, know that this Frederick Douglass conservative will keep his powder dry and loves you all. Whoa. Good on him, you know. I, I I I think that's great. You know, he's I, I Idris it, it, uh, Idris Elba is uh, kind of saying the same thing. He he's been getting a lot of crap because a few weeks ago he we made the announcement that he's not he does not he no longer considers himself a black actor because he thinks it's limiting. He's an actor, His skin color is not important. He 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 continues to have to explain that crap to people, and he was interviewed again over the weekend. Basically said, skin color is just that—it's just skin. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, this is what we need: we need more people digging their heels in and saying, "No further." I am, I am sick of this race baiting. I am sick of the vitriol. I am sick of 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 the targeting of folks because of their skin color. And uh, you know he uh, uh, Isaiah Washington does make a good point. Trey was talking about this earlier on where in Rima, that this is a big, beautiful country. I think one of the no, I I know the the next the the best thing I ever did for my life uh, was leave my home stomping grounds. The best thing I ever did for my existence, for my life from for what I wanted to do with my life was to pull up stakes. And leave Maryland and drive across drive across country to Colorado. Didn't have a job. Didn't have no plan. Just said, that's it. I'm out of here. I want to go see the country. Seek my fortune in the West. Like a lot of Americans have done, uh, pioneering Americans have done uh, over our brief history. And one of the best things you can do is just drive around this country and see stuff. Just drive, man. What you find out about America is that we really are a patchwork of little, little nations. You cross state lines, you're in a different topography. You're in a different uh, culture. Uh, you're, you're hearing different ways of speaking, different dialects, different accents. It's just, it's, we're, a, we're a beautiful country. And we are, by virtue of who we are, naturally diverse. And Isaiah Washington is correct. That if the people who would have their way got their way, and and largely right now they are. They're starting to get some pushback from Republicans uh, in Congress. And there's a lot of investiga- investigative committees going on. That's all good stuff. But if they were to have their way, Isaiah Washington is right. You You may or may not be able to drive around and see the country. If they achieve their dark evil plans, <laughs> really, of turning this country into something that it's currently not, like a fascist state, a third world asshole. Yeah, you might you might you might want to take a drive around and see the country before we lose it, is what his point is. And for a guy who is in the entertainment industry, whether it's film or television or music. Yeah, coming out and saying the things he said is, as far as your career, that's a career killer. He don't care. God bless him. That's badass. 210-599-5555. 210 uh, 599 I know my wife is awake now, so I'm going to talk about customer service coming up in a few minutes because my wife had some customer service issues. And uh, it, well, it actually led to a really funny message she got from somebody, which is really kind of the point of why I want to bring it up. Because as the country, uh, yeah, steadily rolls downhill on many different fronts, if you've noticed, one of the things that's kind of gone away is decent customer service. In retail, oh man, it's bad. Half the time when you're trying to get customer service, what are you getting? You're getting some 19-year-old punk with his earbuds in, having a conversation with somebody else, and looking at you as if you're getting on their nerves. We'll talk about that happy crap when we get back. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Anywhere,
2: Anywhere, anytime. anytime.
3: And it's just wherever you need it. You can just go online and get it.
2: Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Yeah, man, we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. We still got the uh, drive to end hunger with my brother Trey Ware going on. This is the fifth annual drive to end hunger. Go to the website, KTSA.com. They're looking for cash donations. That's the best thing you can do this year. Their biggest need right now is cash. And so uh, just do the math here. If you donate a dollar, you feed seven people. So go to the website, make a donation brought to you by Stevens Roofing and in part by Airtron, Heating and Air, Roof Fix, and the Institute for Functional Health. So, the Jesus Revolution, the movie, is doing uh, much better than was anticipated. It's a small movie, doesn't have a big budget, small distribution. Uh, It was released last weekend to just uh, a little under 2,000 theaters, or 3,000 theaters across the country. 3,000 theaters. Compared to how many screens there are in this country, that's not the whole lot. Very small movie, small release. It was expected to make about $6 bucks. It has thus far, in one week, grossed $16 million. So uh, it's going to be opened up to uh, 100 additional theaters across the country. And I suspect, as it does better and better, that it'll go into a much bigger distribution. It's doing. In other words, it's doing well. People are tired of being preached to by the left. They're tired of wokeness. There is a revival of sorts happening in this, in this country, and people, they want something positive. They want some Jesus, man. They want some Jesus in their lives. They want some God in their lives. They're tired of being miserable, tired of being of feeling like uh, uh, they're all alone in this thing here in America. And so people are turning back to Christ, and there is an actual revival going on. And I believe this film is is a part of that, even though it was completely unplanned as such. So good on them. I went to see it. We we're going to go see it Saturday morning uh, for the matinee at 1230. And this is where I kind of get back. I, I'm going to slide into customer service in America. <laughs> This story actually has nothing to do with the Jesus Revolution, but I wanted to have something to tie it into, or give a reason for it to be on the air. I read the book Greg, Greg Laurie, Pastor Laurie. You know him, you love him. He's a he's a big mega church guy. I listened to him, uh, listened to his preaching quite a bit, and he was uh, a part of that Jesus freak revolution back in the uh, early to mid seventies. And he he wrote a book uh, about that, which precedes the movie. And I, I I finished the book up on Saturday. It's a great read. It's very inspirational if you want to read something that'll lift your spirits. What didn't lift our spirits though is that we couldn't. We didn't ended up not being able to go to the movie. It was nobody's fault. We just we bought our tickets the night before for Saturday at twelve thirty. Uh, my wife and daughter are my mother's primary. Twenty-four hour care, uh, folks, and my mom was she's got late stage dementia, and she just was having a bad morning. She her, her BP was up, her breathing was weird, and so we ended up not going to the movie. And my wife, you know, I mean, it was a it was matinee prices. James and Don so it was like twenty four bucks for two people to go see the movie. Not a big deal. Twenty four bucks is not a big deal. Uh but she, you know, she wanted to try to get. You know, well, can we put that towards another showing? Because, you know, we we wanted to go, but we just we got a uh, family thing here that we got to d- deal with. And so she called up before the movie started or sent him an email or something. And there's one thing my wife hates. Crappy customer service.
0: It didn't sound like an unreasonable request from if, Syria. If she... And my
1: wife is like this. If you, because my wife was in retail for a lot of years. She's also worked for for a lot of banks in the past 10 years that we've been together. And so she's big on customer service, which is right now, I think we all agree, is not doing all that well in America. All right. We have young people who have a very bizarre work ethic. (laughs) It's not really much of a work ethic. And my wife can roll with anything, but if you dismiss her and you give her crummy customer service, oh, no, 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 no. She didn't like the way that they initially just kind of, dis- I'm not going to say which theater grew, but she, you know, they were just kind of dismissive and said, well, we've already paid the production company for your seat. That's what she- they told her. In other words, the okay. film studio needs to get their money. We've already paid them for your seat, so you're out of luck. Bad thing to do with my wife. And so she started firing off emails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a howitzer. <laughs> she did. Yeah, she started
1: firing off emails, and, uh, and it wasn't the money. It was She didn't like the way she was being treated. She felt like they were kind of casting her off or not paying attention to what she was saying. So after, you know, a back and forth of emails, uh, she finally got somebody who was a little higher up who apologized for the way she was treated and we're going to give you a credit. You can go see any movie you want, bring a guest, blah, blah, blah. So it worked out okay. But what came out of this that was really, really funny is she's doing this all on social, but she does everything on Facebook. So she, everybody she's putting it out there for everybody to see. Yeah. Somebody who she doesn't know sent her a message on Instagram, a personal message. Basically saying, your husband's on the radio, you guys are rich, it's embarrassing that you're all bent on a joint over 24 bucks.
0: Wow, well, they don't know radio. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm
1: all right, hang on a second here. Despite the fact that Don Morgan rides around in a Tesla, his wife bought it for him, okay? The dude's in radio like the rest of us are, okay? Radio. You know what, we do okay and radio, we're not doing bad, I'm not doing bad. But I ain't rich, man. I ain't rolling around in a freaking limousine, man. And plus with my wife, it wasn't about the money. It's if you she's a, if you go to a restaurant and you're a server and you're crummy to my wife, oh boy. No. She doesn't like that. She she doesn't. She likes she's a big customer service person. And no, we're not all rich cuz we're on the radio. Just, just so you know. Here's Debbie. I was hoping Don Morgan was laughing at that one. Well, you're on the radio, so you guys got plenty of money. You're rich. <laughs> we ain't poor, but we ain't rich. That's how I put it. Uh, Debbie, how are you? I got a laugh from Don John. Morgan on that one. Hey, Debbie, how are you?
3: I'm doing good. How about you? I'm glad that you're back on the roadie- radio. Me, me
1: too. <laughs> me too. Thank you. Thank
3: uh, you. You know what? I, I totally agree with you. I'm a nurse up in San Marcos. I call in quite a bit with y'all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it does not take that much to be nice.
1: Yes. That's my wife's point. Yeah.
3: Consider it. That's it. I'm very big on customer service, and I think that I totally agree with your wife, and, and I praise your wife for standing up that because we've got to get this customer service back and people being nice.
1: It does. It's just being nice. That's all, and that's that's the thing. It's like you know, hey, wow, we're sorry this didn't work out for you. How can we help you? What can we do? You know, exactly. and 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 well, for me, because I worked in a lot of convenience stores in my really fancy smancy radio career. Uh, if I go into a store and there's somebody behind the cash register who's having a conversation with somebody else on the phone. Or who acts like you know I'm somehow getting on their nerves because I want them to ring my stuff through? That makes me crazy. I can't stand that.
3: No, it's it's terrible. That's what's happening today, and I think we have to retrain our society because they've gotten away with it too much.
1: I, I, to well, it. you're right. Well, it's it's so hard to keep people these days and get valuable or or decent employees. A lot of people who are doing the hiring are kind of letting. In a sense, a lunatics run the asylum because they they're so hard up for, to get employees of any kind, yeah. and so that's why. And I appreciate the call, Debbie. That's kind of why you're seeing a a, a, a a you know a drop in the quality of customer service. And uh, it's my wife. It's a personal thing with her. She just did it for so long that uh, when when she feels somebody's giving her crappy crappy customer service, you you go to rumble. You, you we're going we're going to rumble. My wife starts taking off her rings and earrings and stuff. Starts taking off her of jewelry. But anyway, it all worked out, and we're going to go see the Jesus revolution this week, hopefully. It's got great reviews, and it's kicking some ass financially. So go Jesus. Jesus rocks. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on news Talk 550 KTSA.
2: The news that's hot. Connect residents to information. Stay tuned for updates. Minutes away at the top on Newstalk 550 KTSA
1: and FM 1071. Yeah, News Talk 550, KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Let's talk to Jeff. Jeff, how are you? <clears throat> hey, Sean. Hey, man. What are you thinking?
2: Uh, listen, I wanted to tell you or ask you, have you seen this series out uh, called The Chosen?
1: I've I've seen a couple of episodes uh, from the first season. I really want to watch it. it. I really liked what I've seen thus far. Uh, but I, I got to figure out how to watch it because I, I think you can stream it. Yeah, uh, it's on DVD. I'm, I'm kind of. We don't really have a big DVD player anymore, so DVDs are kind of. You I'm know, kind of moving away from DVDs, but I, I really want to. It's what like four seasons, I think.
2: No, at this there's point. three
1: right. Three. Yeah, there's
2: three right now. We, I think we got it either through our our Prime or Roku. On oh, okay. It. And uh, Matt, I'll tell you, I. It's. It, I'm not going to say it changed me, but it, it it has affected me. I think they got it so close to. Uh, Jesus and the disciples and everything they were going through at the time right. with uh you know the Romans the Pharisees well and they, they were... from
1: from and cuz I'm running out and what I saw is that they also portrayed Jesus as a guy with a sense of humor and he's he's not like Max von Sydow where he's you know just all stoic all the time you know it's it's very right. it's a very realistic uh I I like and and apparently the whole thing has been funded by Folks sending in donations, uh, at least for the the the, the 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 after the first season, and the that's guy who plays the guy who plays Jesus plays Lonnie Frisbee in the Jesus Revolution.
2: Oh wow! I didn't yeah. know that. That's cool. That's so cool. yeah,
1: I really want to see it, man. I appreciate the call. I'm 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 that's what on my thing to watch list thing. <laughs> I got to watch James. I got to finish watching James's movie on DVD, and then I want when I watch the Chosen. <laughs> I just i i'm i'm becoming that guy that where I just I'm moving away from DVD player or DVDs because I don't really have any. We don't maintain a player anymore. I got a little mini player. Uh, what else? Uh, two one zero. We got a few minutes here. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Also today, not only do we commemorate the falling of the Alamo, which eventually led to the uh, to Texas independence. It was you. You want to feel freaking old? It was twenty five years ago today. That the Big Lebowski was released by the Cohen brothers. Twenty five years came out in nineteen ninety eight, and it was a it was a big flop. Didn't do well at the, at the movie theaters. Uh, didn't bring it. You know, kind of went right went to DVD or what was I guess video cassettes in ninety eight fairly quickly, and then took on a whole new reality. And I I honestly don't think there's a more perfect movie than The Big Lebowski. It's just, it is great. It's such a great flick. But it's 25 years old, man. What the hell have I been doing for 25 freaking years, dude? Watching The Big Lebowski on
3: repeat, apparently.
1: I, I mean, in 1998, I was living in Maryland... Uh, I hadn't gotten into talk, gotten into talk radio yet. I was about a year away from getting into talk radio. I was doing radio. I was doing the soft rock, and I was getting ready to go into uh, work for an alt rock station doing mornings. I was married to somebody else <laughs> <laughs> in 1998. Man, my daughter wasn't even born yet.
0: No little Avery. No
1: little Avery. She wasn't born until 2001. 25 years. I've gotten, Don Morgan, maybe you can attest to this. And James, maybe you just turned 50. But I've gotten to that point. I had a buddy of mine, Dylan Ferraro, who said, and he's in his 80s now, a friend of Kenky's. Oh, wow. And he said, You get to a certain stage in your life where everything was 10 years ago.
0: Oh yeah no i, I Do you agree know what with I mean? that. right, Big
1: Lebowski came out ten years ago
0: yeah I ah, agree. ten y it was twenty five years ago, man, I would have got that wrong if you gave me four different options, you know, like trivial pursuit or like which <laughs> year right, I would have got that wrong no way twenty five years uh i i was i was talking to a, i i
1: my wife found a picture of me. That she uses as a bookmark for some bizarre reason. <laughs> it's a picture from 1998. How many years ago was that? That was 35 years ago. I mean, 88. 88. 88. 1988. 35. But in my mind, oh, wow, it's just 10 years ago. <laughs> everything is just 10 years ago. But everything is not. <laughs> we got some chick from uh, San Antonio who made it uh, on the latest Naked and Afraid. She's, she's a local... And she's on Naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid has been on the air for like 10 years at this point.
0: I love that show. I do too. I explained to Trey more about what it was when he left, and he was like, oh, what? And I was
1: like, yeah. (laughs) When I first brought it up, I think he thought I was talking about, like, you know, some kind of trans. Thing or something some kind of RuPaul thing.
3: No, you got to remember who you're talking to, though. He, well, if you if you'd have called it Naked and Afraid, go, oh yeah, <laughs> naked, now I oh, know. Naked, yeah, Oh,
1: these naked. I watch that all the time. How about that was one of them damn RuPaul shows you watch.
0: <laughs> so she's a mother of two, a single mom, and she's on
1: Naked and Afraid yeah. with some dude in in uh, where is it in Argentina? <laughs> Did I say Argentina. She's in Argentina out there in the wild of Argentina. Being all naked and afraid. You, you ever know, the, the hippie chicks, though, are naked. Because I love naked and afraid. I'll sit and watch that crap. It's weird. Why not?
0: Dude, it's difficult. It's weird. It can't be fun. they got to make shoes if they want shoes. You know,
1: they're crapping in the woods yeah. with a naked hippie chick. And half the time, most of the time, the naked hippie chicks are really unpleasant. Like, the dude is mansplaining all the time. The dude is always a jerk, like a misogynist jerk. And the chick is always some high-maintenance liberal hippie chick. You know what I mean?
0: The funniest, who smells
1: like B.O. And, and incense.
0: The funniest one was that transgender dude who didn't have his pills. Oh, and he no. Had, he had breast and a beard no. by the end of it. I didn't
1: see that one.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious. It looked like
1: Sasquatch. Are you serious? Yes,
0: you can a look it bride
1: up. Ride of Sasquatch. Oh, really? A trans dude without his pills.
0: And they had a full beard and So,
1: breasts. whoever you are, congratulations on being naked and afraid. I'm Sean. Thanks to James, Elaine, uh, Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye.